uh, the man who was down in the nation's capital yesterday. You know him well from LA News Radio, uh, and you can hear him every day uh, from two to three o'clock uh, right here on the great LA News Radio one zero three nine. And uh, also the independence chair extraordinaire that he is, of course, I'm talking about Frank McKay. Always good to have you, uh, my friend. And uh, let me wish you a happy new year. First off, I haven't spoke to you in a while. Um, But you uh, you were down in the nation's capital yesterday. Uh, Was that just a a trip kind of just to get a feel or when everything kind of erupted, you took that trip? I, I took the trip after I. Uh, after I heard what was going on, I was I was mobile. And by the way, happy New Year to you and all the listeners. Uh, the uh, the action uh, already had started happening. I was coming back from a, a Kingston trip, and uh, the I, I saw a sign for New Jersey, and I, I was getting texts all over the place and and hearing what was going on, listening to the radio and all the drama. And I, I spoke to John Caracciola, and he was like, "Hey, you want to head down there?" Uh, do some coverage, and I said, why not? And I just took off for, for D.C. I got in after the curfew. The curfew was 6 o'clock, uh, 6 p.m. To, to 6 a.m., and I I got in about 7.30. Uh, no problem getting in. I, I used to stop to get gas a couple of blocks away. When I walked into my hotel, and it was just a, you know, a basic hotel in the middle of the city, uh, it, it, was a, it looked like a Trump rally there. And I soon found out that the majority of the people there were inside the Capitol when uh, when it was all when it was all going down. So uh, obviously, I just uh, I spent all night gathering stories and talking to different uh, people. And and I'll just say right off the bat, I mean, it, with all the horrendous things that you saw last night, the people that I initially encountered were weren't folks that you would necessarily even shy away from in a bar. You know what I mean? They weren't scary-type people. Um, they they seemed to be somewhat of an organized group. And I went into the uh, night thinking that was the case. As it turns out, it wasn't. There were a couple different groups that were, were there. But um, some very, very interesting stories and disturbing stories that I heard throughout the night that I'll, I'll certainly impart to you. Um, just amazing, Jay. Yeah, unbelievable. So these these were the same individuals that we all, you know, saw storming, uh, you know, various parts of the building, scaling walls. These were some of the same individuals in that so-called mob. Yeah. Oh, no question about it. I mean, this what these were the folks that were there. It's funny you mentioned scaling a wall. I was talking to a guy, and he was showing me a photo that his friends sent to him of him of the guy showing me the photo of him scaling a wall. He had a MAGA hat on. And keep in mind that I didn't see any of the footage. I was driving the whole time. I was going from Kingston back home, and then I I headed out to D.C. So the first footage that I saw of anything were people in that crowd showing me things on their cell phones and uh, and showing me video of them and so forth. The the real interesting and and very, very disturbing, I don't want to make light of it, very disturbing um, uh, fact or a conversation that I was having with this group of guys. And, uh, you know, one of the guys was, you know, a little, little inebriated, but for the most part, they were, they were pretty sane sounding characters, but they were, they were part of the mob that was, uh, that was taking over the, the Capitol. And 
they they told me a couple interesting things. First of all, that they were chasing down the rumors. You know, they and a bunch of folks were chasing down rumors of what was going on inside. And the first thing that they heard was that Nancy Pelosi, and it turned out to be a false rumor, of course, that Nancy Pelosi was still trapped in the Capitol somewhere. And a whole bunch of people started marching towards where they thought that she was. It's, they soon found out that it, was, uh, it wasn't true and she wasn't there. But a rumor that they ended up following for a half hour was, uh, was Chris Van Hollen, Senator Chris Van Hollen. And I don't know why him specifically, uh, but Chris Van Hollen was, was trapped either in a janitor's closet, a, uh, a, a small office, or, a, um, uh, or, or some other kind of room, some, some other type of thing. But they followed him. They followed, uh, not him, but they followed where they thought he was supposed to be with the mob. And I, I asked the guys, I said, well, what, what would have happened if, if you found him? And they all laughed, you know, uh, hysterically as if, you know, like, you know, uh, the worst could imagine. One guy, and I'll clean up the language here, but one of the guys said to me, um, he said, I had to use the bathroom for the longest time. And uh, I kept telling my friends, if we find him. I'm going to, well, I'll clean it up, but yeah, I'm going to urinate all over Van Hollen. And, and again, I said, well, why Van Hollen? And then the, you know, the, the famous guy of the, of the group said, oh, it's just it's simply because they thought they had heard that he was there. And for about a half hour or 40 minutes, this mob went around looking for Chris Van Hollen, Senator Chris Van Hollen, to do God knows what to him. Frank, and we're talking Frank McKay. Frank was down in Washington. He, he actually... Uh, and left the, I'm assuming, the Long Island area uh, after okay. things were getting a little bit dicey, right? You left but you left right after like 1 o'clock or so, I would imagine. You got to D.C., uh, uh, as Frank stated, right after the curfew. Curfew put on the nation's capital, District of Columbia, at 6 o'clock. Frank, did these individuals, did they think it was okay to do what they did? Did they... Do they realize the ramifications that uh, uh, a good number of them will be incarcerated? Uh, the FBI and everything else on this thing, as as you know, listen, as white on clouds. Let's put it that way. I mean, could, do they realize the occurrence yesterday of the stain that they have put on this country? Or they didn't really care. The, the quick answer is not at all. And everyone that I spoke to that was inside the Capitol had pride about it. They, they thought they were basically throwing tea. They, uh, this is me saying this, not them, but basically throwing tea into Boston Harbor. Uh, there was not a, an ounce of, of questioning whether they did the right thing or not. They're, these are people who are following President Trump, uh, looking for Kool-Aid to drink. With Jay to a man to a woman, all the people that I spoke to, and it's, I can't even count how many people I spoke to that claim to have been in. And again, I say claim to have been in, uh, in the Capitol. Uh, no, no remorse, no question about ramifications. Uh, pride is what, uh, what I would say. I mean, absolute pride. And like I said, showing pictures of, uh, of I guess, proof that they were there, and especially the guy climbing 
up the side of the Capitol. It was just unbelievable to, to me. I, I mean, I, I haven't had a chance to hunt it down on the Internet, but uh, he had a MAGA hat on, and he was, uh, he was scaling the, the wall of the, uh, of the Capitol building. And as, I guess, a friend or somebody took a picture of him, and he claims that was him, and he was very proud of it. I, they, there was absolutely no thought of ramifications there. It, it, Jay, it's just absolutely amazing. And uh, again, you know, regurgitation of everything that President Trump is saying. And, um, you know, people late last night were talking about it being a landslide, that Trump had won by a landslide, which, of course, he he didn't didn't win at all. But but that that President Trump had won by a landslide. And if they could take away a landslide, they could take away any close election. Uh, Very, very much anti-Pence sentiment. Uh, When I first walked in, I, I, you know, kind of listened in on a conversation towards the end of it. And uh, and the final word on it was that, yeah, well, he fooled us all. In other words, that Pence fooled us all. And I heard twice uh, last night uh, Pence being a traitor to the country. No, these are believers. These these folks are believers. And on the the surface, go ahead. These, uh, this group, uh, were they... Uh, regular Trump supporters that they claim they were, or they were, or they were part of groups a la Antifa, et cetera, et cetera. Who, who are these guys? Who, who are these? Who are these individuals? What? Who do they belong to? I, I don't think they belong to anyone. I originally was like looking for that. I was searching for that, I, and I was also being careful what I what I asked. I mean, it was, uh, you know, I, I didn't say I was reporting. I didn't, you know, announce myself. I didn't wear any media credentials. I had some media credentials. I didn't, I didn't show uh, any credentials. I, I was talking as if I was one of them. These, these are your everyday Trump supporters. And, and again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a more organized group. I did not get that impression that there was any uh, particular order, uh, organized group. Uh, but I, I would say that these these are probably the, some of the same folks that you would see at a Trump rally on Long Island or or whatever. But again, uh, this was a for them it was an exciting day. It was a historic day. Uh, mixed emotions because it was a sad day, especially at night when uh, uh, you know uh, again no masks down there. Nobody's wearing masks. I was the only one <laughs> concerned, uh, seemingly the only one concerned about coronavirus there. But that was an afterthought. Uh, a lot of pride, a lot of pride for what happened yesterday, strangely enough, uh, bizarrely enough. But a uh, a group of people who, again, thought they were patriots. Let me ask you a question. We're talking with Frank McKay, Independence Party Chair, 2 to 3 right here on LA News Radio, uh, our very own here. Uh, went down to Washington uh, right after 1, got there after 6. Spoke to a lot of people at the hotel. Part of those, part of that group, the individuals who uh, was scaling walls and was storming the house. Um, what about the ulterior motive here? I mean, what did you get from the conglomeration of what they were telling you? Uh, was it the overall certification of the electoral? Uh, was it the situation regarding? Uh, not having judicial process completed as far as hearing about some of the irregularities, alleged oddities, alleged. What was their overall number one uh, rebuttal or rebellious mindset of all of why they did what they did? 
it, look, I want to I want to be careful that I'm not uh, totally disparaging, you know, a group of folks who are, are true believers. But it, it just wasn't that sophisticated. The the conversations that I had weren't uh, to me. Uh, if you were listening to this or if this was on a movie screen and we had hundreds of people in the theater watching it, you would say that these were demonstrators, pro-Trump demonstrators that basically got caught up in what was going on and just continued a march into the Capitol. And it just they just went with it. And I, it was a to me, uh, it was a very unsophisticated uh, group that I was speaking to. I'm not saying simple or. Or, or dumb or, you know, whatever. I'm saying uh, there wasn't some sophisticated motive behind it that they were going to uh, stop this, that it was going to be whatever. They were protesting what they felt was an illegal election, which was an election that was won by landslide by President Trump. And, uh, you know, they expected Mike Pence, who they thought was great for four years, but now has turned his back. They, uh, they felt he has turned his back. They felt Mitch McConnell. I heard last night, and I've heard this from other Trump supporters, that Mitch McConnell is a traitor to the country when he recognized uh, Biden as president-elect. Uh, yeah, I mean, these are, these are believers in, uh, in Trump's movement or, you know, the Trump's cult of personality. And uh, to me, there was just no rhyme or reason for what they did. They, they got caught up in a protest, and they just they continued and moved on. Again, I wasn't speaking to the leaders. I wasn't certainly wasn't speaking to the brain trust of anything. Uh, I and to me, I think they just got crowd, they they got uh, crowd conscious and they just got caught up in the crowd and and they enjoyed their experience. You know, it's a shame that the brain cells were not present for a lot of these guys and gals because you know they should realize that Mike Pence really had no other way as far as the certification process was concerned from a constitutional standpoint he couldn't go another way and i'm sure most of them if not all of them didn't know that yeah uh, venom for pence uh, just absolute venom uh, there was a there was a, a couple a man and a woman from ohio dayton ohio that i spoke to and they were they were inside the capitol and they said that they watched uh, they watched a uh, a young reporter get slapped around by uh, by Trump supporters, and they said he was a he was a he was a kid, uh, and they uh, the woman said I think he was writing for a school newspaper, and they said they didn't punch him or they would have killed him if they punched him, but they took turns slapping him around, and um, and she said you know I, I felt like slapping him thinking it was Pence, you know like <laughs> so she was she was mad at Pence and she just got this little shot in you know there about Pence. And the final word on the on the reporter was that they yelled. They said, "Go go go home and play Nintendo," and but that's the kind of feel it was. It was just bullying of uh, you know I guess anybody that wasn't going along. Uh, a reporter from a, a Wisconsin uh, news to us uh, was telling me early this morning that he was trying to give a report, and a couple of Trump supporters were around him, and they were following him as he was making a phone call. And I guess they realized he was a reporter and they kept uh, yelling out mother effer, you know, mother, you know, why don't you face us and tell the truth, mother effer. And they wouldn't allow him to get his report in. And they just followed him everywhere he went. And he said, he said it was, it was just frightening. He said it was just absolutely frightening. Uh, yeah, it was a, you know, mob rules type situation. No thinking uh, these, you know, the folks that did this 
certainly uh, will never split an atom. And, uh, you know, look, it, it just a, a horrible day uh, in, uh, in U.S. history, but a memorable day in U.S. history. Uh, Frank McKay uh, with us. And, you know, it, it was interesting. I was driving around. I was on my way home. Obviously, I knew what was going on. Um, but, you know, to hear the president's statement, you know, stating, uh, you know, everybody go home, uh, law and order, respect our police, you know, which was all well and good. And then yet, on the other hand, uh, even though, even though, but even though uh, we won in a landslide right. and everyone, everyone knows it, including the other side, paraphrasing here, uh, you know, um, the election was rigged. It was taken from us. Everybody knows it. I mean, come on. It's like, you know, it's it's like you want to calm the waters, but yet, you know, you're stoking the flame, you know, which uh, which is something he has always done. And listen, you know, when it's all said and done, the good of this guy over the last four years, in my at least in my viewpoint, was wiped out almost entirely after yesterday because this rally was planned. He knew what he was doing. Uh, you know, this was premeditated to stoke a flame, to have what occurred yesterday, and it's just unforgivable. And, and that's why, you know, folks, when you had discussion of a 25th Amendment coming into play to get this thing out of office, it was not surprising to me last night. You know, it's not surprising that the likes of Robert O'Brien, you know, planned on resigning. Most of, A lot of his staff members are, are, are looking at stepping away uh, in the next 13 days. So, you know, with that all well and good, what about the statement uh, after the president made that statement? I don't know. It had to be around 4 o'clock or so, I'm thinking, yesterday afternoon. Uh, what was some of the reaction there as far as what the president said? The basic feeling of of this crowd is that, that Trump is the almighty. I, I mean, this is... I, you know, you had hats and and, uh, and pictures. There was a there was a uh, a poster that somebody had on a uh, on a board. I guess they were they were carrying it around of Trump being crucified. You know, almost like not almost, but Christ like being crucified. And again, this was a this was a Trump friendly crowd in my in my my hotel. Trump friendly, Jay is. Is uh, is an understatement. This is a Trump fanatical crowd, and they are taking their marching orders from from the president, basically. And they do not. And again, I, you know, this is their guy. I mean, this is their guy. Trump has given a face to anger, a voice to anger, and and these are the folks that are, that are responding. And everything that he says. And, and trust me, I know. I know him well. I've, I've, I knew I haven't talked to him since 2014, but he knows exactly what he's doing, and he knows uh, exactly that uh, you know how to to get the attention of people who are intrigued by him. But these folks are absolutely obsessed by him, and uh, again, these are people that just went way over the line supporting their guy. Uh, you said it. You know, a lot of people that that were. Uh, big Trump supporters, uh, as of yesterday, I think, uh, have, have changed their feeling uh, because they don't think he's done enough, but what, to say the least, to, uh, to stop this. And again, that's, uh, that's, that's up for debate, maybe. 
But, uh, you know, there certainly you can make an argument off of a statement that it was incited by him and Rudy Giuliani and, and his son and, and so forth. Uh, a, a lot uh, that that was said was just followed through with uh, with these crowds. Frank McKay with us. Uh, first-hand glimpse as far as uh, the nation's capital. That's where you are now, correct? You're still there. Yeah, um, I'm a block away from the White House. Uh, as you look out your hotel window, um, I mean, what are you seeing? Obviously, curfew in place. Uh, I've seen some shots in and around from some of the shows this morning while I'm doing the show here. It seems like everything is calm. It seemed like uh, these rioters, uh, I mean, where, where do the rioters go right now? I mean, do they know that you have many on their tail as far as uh, not only answering questions, but, you know, arrests are imminent? I would think, I would think many arrests are imminent. I'm just wondering, you know, do they feel like they have accomplished, was it an accomplishment of a mission, so to speak, by their leader to, you know, pretty much unequivocally say kind of do your do your thing in code almost when you come here for this so-called rally do you get that feeling that there was an accomplishment scaling a wall sitting in the office the chair taking selfies of a nancy pelosi going into the same chamber by the way the president walks into folks as far as delivering a State of the Union, it's unreal when you when you think about it, when you see the images yesterday. Um, what what's what's the overall feeling? I mean, is it satisfaction? I'm out of here. We did our job. Let's go. That type of thing. Yeah, I, I think there's no question. I, look, I, I went back downstairs after a couple of hours sleep um, about five o'clock, and I just wanted to see what was going on. And uh, you know, I spoke to a couple of folks and and so forth. I left, I'll admit, I left a little before the curfew, and I got it in my car, and everybody was swearing that I wouldn't get anywhere near the Capitol, uh, which was false. I, I drove around the Capitol repeatedly, and uh, the police presence and the military presence is tremendous. And, uh, you know, as I'm going around a few times, they're looking at me like, what's going on? I got out to take some pictures of, uh, of the Capitol. Uh, no protesters, no, nothing along those lines, but very easy to— uh, to navigate through, uh, I, I followed a, uh, what so far is a false lead that there was going to be a demonstration uh, starting on K Street, uh, going in front of the White House. So that's where I am now. I'm I'm about a block away from the White House. Um, as I as I called you, I just pulled over to make sure we had reception here. But I haven't seen anything that resembles a uh, a, a, a demonstration of any kind. But I, uh, you know, that's my next stop is the White House. Around the uh, the Senate, uh, the the Capitol, I should say, uh, is absolute. Uh, as I left, uh, you know, let's say an hour ago, uh, there it's just no protest, uh, just a tremendous police presence. There was about a three mile line of uh, of police officers that would just maybe a two mile line uh, with their lights on that uh, that went around to be demonstrative, and I, I just can't imagine anybody. Um, trying to penetrate what was going on. I don't know why it wasn't like that yesterday. Uh, I, I, I Listen, I'm pro-law enforcement, as I know you are, and whatever, but I, I, I have to question uh, the lack of preparation. Uh, well, that, that you was, see, uh, that was and, I, and that's the big question, Frank, because, you know, emblazoned is my head. In my head is that, that one poor uh, officer uh, within the building who was going up the steps 
and trying to quell the crowd and then went up another half flight of steps with that crowd following him. And obviously, he's taken out his baton. I'm trying to think, where where is the help? You know, no help for that individual. Uh, a complete uh, letdown of security. I'm just wondering, commanders, uh, how do you – it's almost – I hate to fall into conspiracy-type conspiracy thinking here, but it's almost as if they let these individuals did what they did yesterday. Uh, you know, I, I can't imagine – uh, with a known event taking place on the calendar and have seen rallies in the past where it is ultra security as far as blocks and blocks and blocks. I can't figure this out of why this ball was dropped yesterday in so many different categories. I would hate to believe what you just said is true, but the same thoughts creeped into my mind. I was trying to find somebody in law enforcement who would speak to me and I, you know, as I drove around the, the Capitol several times, uh, they waved me off when I came to ask some questions. And I, you know, I even identified myself. I said, I'm reporting back and I'd love to ask you. And they waved, they uniformly, nicely, politely, but they waved me off. So I, I couldn't get anybody to uh, speak. Uh, last night, there was a, uh, there was a police officer um, outside the hotel that I was at and he was, uh, he was talking to one of the delivery guys, a pizza delivery guy, and I, I thought maybe I could get into a conversation with him. And he said, nope. He said, I, yeah, I can't talk about anything like that. So I, I couldn't get anybody to uh, to discuss it. And he didn't even know what I was going to ask. Uh, he just he had no interest in uh, in being interviewed or, uh, you know, talking to me. And maybe they said as a as a whole, the, the police force, to, to keep away. But, Jay, what you said there, and I'm not a conspiracy guy, uh, it's it, creeped into my mind how could they not be prepared for what was going to happen and and it just sounds like they just walked in unfettered and again i keep in mind you're you're listening and the listeners are listening to somebody who has not seen the footage i've been covering it this whole time or i've been driving so i i don't even know how easy it was but it sounds to me from all of these people that they just waltzed into the capitol uh, Frank McKay with us. Frank, got a, a couple of minutes uh, left. You being uh, as politically sound, I've known you a long time, leading a big-time party uh, throughout this country, throughout the local area, very well-respected individual you are. Having talking, having talking to uh, some of the some of the biggies in the industry for many a decade now, and you know them all. You mentioned the president. Um, what are you feeling right now? What are you feeling as far as it's not even the political landscape of the party itself? Because I and I said it earlier, I think the Republican Party is done. They are going to need a complete rebuild here. Uh, it's not uh, it's not a simple tweak or two. I think it's done, and I think it was sliced down yesterday in full uh, in in finality, but. What What is a Frank McKay thinking right now, as savvy as you are from a political standpoint? What are you feeling right now from that sense and from a country sense as far as where we are at as the people of America? Well, first of all, I wonder, I wonder if it's crossed the, the minds of the Republicans to nominate Joe Manchin for majority leader. 
And you got to think, you know, he's, he's got to vote for himself, right? He would vote for himself. And if all the Republicans would do that, um, they they could maybe block Schumer. I, I don't know that they're even thinking along those lines, but you, one would, would wonder. The, the, other, the other thing from a political standpoint is there is, there's a very difficult uh, navigation route for, for local politicians, such as uh, Congressman Zeldin and newly minted. How about being, being there for the first day, um, uh, Andrew Garbarino, where you have to either enrage these Trump supporters who may make you pay in a primary or, uh, a, a, you know, go along with them. And basically, Lee Zeldin um, is uh, is, and he's a friend of mine, friend of yours. You know, I, I've supported him for reasons of full disclosure. But he is, you know, he's all in with the Trump supporters. They're not going to complain about uh, about his support or that it was wavering or whatever. But Garbarino, for example, is it was in another situation. I don't even know how he voted yesterday. I'm not sure how he voted, but he's in a very difficult position. Because he could easily be primary next time from from the right and a Trump supporter, so I, I don't I don't envy him going into his first week. I would have abstained. I would have figured out some way of abstaining if I was him. So from a political standpoint, it's dangerous. It, we're in a very dangerous spot. Uh, I don't know that I would uh, I would pronounce the Republican Party dead yet. Uh, you know they they had a big year this this last go around. The what happened in Georgia. Uh, was a oh, there's a string of of police cars about yeah uh, about a couple blocks long. I don't know what they're doing, but they're they're just kind of going through maybe to show a presence. Anyway, the uh, the, the idea that the, uh, the the Republican Party is going to have to regroup is a is is no question a uh, a reality. Uh, they're going to have to work around Trump without completely alienating these folks. Who uh, who could cost them a primary? Could cost them an election if they set it out. And look what happened in Georgia. We we still don't know the F and that. We know that two Democrats were elected, but we don't know whether it's because Republicans flipped yet, or that Republicans stayed home, Trump supporters stayed home. We don't know, but it, it is a mess. The political landscape, if you're if you're looking at it from a global or national standpoint, from the Republican Party, is that it, there there's a mess. There and and the, you know all the local areas, uh, all fifty states are going to have to deal with the aftermath of Donald Trump. Yeah, there's a lot of aftermath. I'll tell you, Frank. They're talking Twenty Fifth Amendment last night at ten o'clock. Uh, a very sad day. Uh, I'll tell you, I woke up extremely sad in this morning and angry, angry because of where we are at right now as a country. I never thought I'd see what I saw yesterday. This is stuff you see in third world countries, folks. Okay, this is what you see in Iran. This is what you see all over the place. You don't see it in the United States. Can you imagine the footage being shown around the world? And people say, "Is that America? Is that really America? that was America?" And it's something we have never seen in our lifetime. You know, you go back to eighteen fourteen. For you history buffs, I mean, that's the last time. And think about. It. You know, your your grandchildren's children are going to be reading about what happened yesterday, January 6, 2021. Unbelievable. Frank, uh, well done on laying it all out for us. And uh, listen, uh, stay safe. 
Get out of there when you can, when you're ready, obviously. And uh, we're here for you, and we appreciate a couple of minutes. Certainly appreciated the phone call last night, my friend. Jay, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, and Happy New Year. You too. The great Frank McKay on the scene, uh, a block away from the White House, uh, a day in infamy, I'll tell you that much. 